Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Fuse Ignites. I am your host, Anthony Sturpey, and I want to thank you for joining me back here. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to introduce a little bit of a recurring theme that you're going to find through this podcast, which is this idea of Fuse Ignites Charity. And every so often, you're going to find us talking to people who are really making a difference in our community through acts of charity and through acts of kindness and are encouraging us as a community to give back, give back to each other and give back to the world at large. We're going to talk to a whole bunch of people who are involved in these charitable acts. But during our first uh, episode in this series, we're going to talk to someone who is actually very much in demand. When I asked people who they would like to talk to, to hear from, this person's name popped up again and again and again. And so I asked her to be on the show and her name is Mary Breslin and she is a teacher in our district. Something that not many people know, Mary was actually one of the people who helped us come up with the title of the podcast, Fuse Ignites. So although the brainstorming of the podcast started with me and in some of the experiences that I had um, touring the country and talking to teachers, the idea of this Fuse Ignites and really exploring a different concept each week and calling it Fuse Ignites, that was all Mary. So I'm going to go ahead and get Mary on the phone because this is going to be a great way where we can celebrate what Mary is doing and what she does for our district. Hello, Mary Breslin. Hello, Mr. Sturpey. Long time no chat. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you. Um, I want to thank you for being one of the early guests on our Fuse Ignite podcast. I've I actually already shared with people that you were instrumental with coming up with that name, Fuse Ignites, and I think you deserve the credit for that. But what I really want you to know, and I don't think it is something that you know, is that when I started putting out uh, the call for people who um, the members of our community and the members of our staff would really want to hear from, your name is a name that came up again and again and again. And I think it's because people who know you uh, know how involved you are in the district and how much you do for the district. And so um, if you know Mary Breslin, then you know her reputation. And so, Mary, you, you really do have a fantastic reputation. And that outpouring of emotion that I got from people um, is, is just a great example of that. That is so nice to hear. Thank you so much. I'm pleased to share whatever it is that you want to know today. So ask away and let's get started. Why don't we start with what school do you work at and what do you do? I am a very proud sixth grade English language arts teacher at Albert Leonard and I'm also an advisor to various clubs. What are some of the clubs that you're an advisor to? The Yearbook, Scrabble Club. I was co-advisor to Book Club last year with Miss Glenda Bryant. The Bulletin Board Club, I love the club setting because you get to know kids outside of your cluster in different grades, and you get to see them in a different light, and I think that's important to understanding who our kids are. You and I have that connection. We came to know each other because of that English connection, because I also am an English teacher. And just like when I put the call out for names and I heard your name over and over, you should know that when I'm working with the kids, 
your name would repeatedly come up. Kids who I had in ninth grade who remembered you uh, from when they had you in sixth grade. But then there would also always be those kids in the class who knew you because of your involvement with the clubs. And they knew you through those clubs. And everyone always had, the kids always have such amazing things to say about you. Um, and it's like you're saying, it's, it's not just that classroom connection, it's also that club connection. How did you come to work at New Rochelle Public Schools? Well, I think I'm going to sound very dated when I answer this question, but way back when, I was contemplating a change. I had been teaching upstate, and um, I used to read the New York Times ads every Sunday, and I happened to come across an ad from New Rochelle, and I figured, you know, I'll just send in the letter. I did. I didn't have any expectations, really, because back then, it was kind of hit or miss when you sent your resumes out. They either stuck or they didn't. But I figured if I did land an interview, then I would just do it as good practice and then take it from there. And lo and behold, I got an interview. I taught two demo lessons, one at Albert, one at Isaac. And um, here I am, 18 years later. So for the uh, people who are considering moving here or considering working here, or just those of us who like a great pep talk about New Rochelle and a reminder of why New Rochelle is a fantastic community, what would you say to well, them? Well, I feel like my answer is going to sound trite, but that diversity piece is huge. It's huge. I grew up in Vestal, New York, small town in the southern tier of New York, not nearly as diverse when I was growing up as New Rochelle is. That was one of the things that I was teaching my demos. You couldn't miss it. it uh, the sea of colors, the sea of diversity, it's something to celebrate. And honestly, there's no better preparation for your children than having them in a class with every kind of kid imaginable and learning in the trenches with them. That's so important. So to me, you're not going to get that everywhere in Westchester for sure. So come on in. Come to New Rochelle. Check out what we're all about. So Could I just add one more thing? Sure. Because the one thing that sticks with me, too, that when I was hired all those years ago is the actual process. And in that process, teachers were a key part of it. One of my interviews involved 10 teachers around a table. And when I, I remember walking in and being like, oh my gosh, who are all these people? Because I never experienced anything like that. But what that really was, was those people, my future colleagues, checking out if I was a good fit, not only for them, but for the kids that I was going to teach. And I think that's important. And to my knowledge, that simply doesn't take place anymore. I think you are right that that is something that the district has moved away from. I remember being part of those panels and those committees when teachers were interviewing. And as new administrators have come in, um, that is something that we've definitely moved away from and that, that I do not see as much of anymore. And as our district grows and change, I think that that is a great 
example of something that we can bring back that would um, really uh, give ownership to what's uh, happening and who's joining our schools for both the teachers, the kids, the community. And um, I th it was something that I went through when I was hired. I, I, I And we were hired around the same time. And I, the teachers I know, are more than willing to participate in that process. As long as they know that their voices are being heard and their voices are valued at the table. I think that that is a really great example of something that we could bring back um, that would create some effective change in our district. Um, and uh, But uh, I want to get to this topic of why we're here today, this idea of giving back. Um, as I said in the intro, you are someone who's so involved in this community. Um, we know you're a teacher. We know uh, that you are involved with so many clubs, but I think that there are so many places behind the scenes where you're helping with a number of different initiatives and people might not necessarily be aware of how much you are doing behind the scenes. Um, I'm always hearing your name and I, that's one of the reasons why I am glad that you are on the show today because it's nice to bring a little bit of attention to what you do. Anthony, this is so kind. Thank you very much for saying that. It is so true. I know just um, from uh, the work that we've done together how much you do to give back to the students and to the kids, which is the most important. But then you are also always giving back to your coworkers. And even when uh, I've been at the Fuse office and, you know, it's like, what can I do? I want to do something. I'll stuff an envelope. They'll be like, oh, Mary Breslin already did it. And I don't think that you're someone who asks for that recognition. I think you're just happy to really be part of the change and you're really happy to uh, give. And I know that right now um, you are working uh, on an opportunity for the members of uh, the Fuse community and the New Rochelle community to um, give and to be part of an active charity. Um, could you talk a little bit about what it is you are working on? I would be happy to. Um, in my role as um, Fuse membership chairperson, I'm coordinating a sock drive to benefit the Sharing Shelf in Port Chester. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Sharing Shelf, it's a program of family services of Westchester, and it's Westchester's clothing bank for children. And Deborah Blatt, a proud New Rochelle mom, is its director, and the Sharing Shelf collects new and gently used clothing for infants, children, and teens, because if you look good, you feel good. And these clothes are distributed to local children for low-income families. And upon request, the Sharing Shelf will create a package with a week's worth of seasonally appropriate clothing in the right size um, for kids who need it. And with that being said, we've chosen to collect new socks because they are a daily essential, but for many families, they are a luxury. So our goal is to collect as many socks as we can. I like the number 1,000. So look for those boxes in New Rochelle schools from October 1st to the 16th. And then after that, FUSE members are going to be asked to come and help sort and organize them for the sharing shelf 
so they can get them on the feet of the kids who need them as soon as possible. So you and uh, people like Billy Coleman are always, um, like I said, creating these moments and participating in these moments of charity. Is that, uh, where does that come from, that desire to help people as much as you do? I, I will tell you something. It is my mother who is the most charitable giving person on this planet. That is no exaggeration. I'm welling up as I'm saying that, but she is a good-hearted soul, and um, that's how I was raised, to do what you can. But um, I think that I was raised with um, the idea that you should, you have, you have plenty, so why not share and give? And if all you have to give is your time, that's a lot, because some people don't even have that to give. So um, whatever people can do to participate in this sock drive, which is maybe they have an idea for me where I can go and get some socks. Uh, maybe somebody has another idea for another event. I'm open to it. So um, please reach out. I, I just I just think it's important that when we're teaching kids, we're not just teaching them what's in the pages of a book. We're teaching them how to be good people. Now, that sort of brings us to our next question, um, which is, as someone who is involved so much um, with the students, who's in the trenches, who's providing them with transformative and memorable experiences, um, uh, as we said before, we're in a time of great change. And uh, what is something that you would like to see in our schools as they change and as they grow? Well, Anthony, I think you and I agree that project-based is the way to go. We've got to get off the data train. It doesn't show us what kids really know. So we, we have to get back to that. But before we even get to that project piece, there has to be time set aside on professional development days for vertical articulation. You do not have teachers talking to one another across grade levels, across subject areas, across buildings. So when we're sitting down and we're being asked to write curriculum maps, which I think there's value in that, but aren't those maps going to be linked to a curriculum atlas? I need to know where kids are coming from in order to get them on the track to the next stop. So we need to start having these conversations about strategies that work, strategies that don't work. What do we need to revisit? What do we need to be retrained on? What do we need? A lot of times initiatives come down the pike and it's like, okay, now you're going to try this and this is going to work. But no one ever asked the teachers what they needed or if this was a good fit for their kids. So we need to start having conversations as educators on those PD days where we can really talk in a non-judgmental way, a non-threatening way, and really, really figure out how we can lift kids up and the best ways to do it. And I think after that initial conversation about where kids are coming from, where they're going, let's talk about how we're going to get them there, what projects are going to demonstrate what they know, and how can we celebrate them. You know, I completely 
agree with you. And um, yeah, I was talking about a situation the other day with a colleague. Um, last year, my students were invited into a, an elementary school in uh, Suffren, Viola Elementary School. And they worked with the students there on a documentary film project that they were working on. And they had a perfectly lovely time, as did uh, those elementary students. And um, I said to, the, uh, to a colleague, I find it so funny that administrators in other schools are making time for my students to talk to their students, but in our own schools, we're not finding the opportunities for our students to talk to each other. Why are we going to another school and sharing with them when we could have that happening in our community? Even though I do think it's nice to sometimes talk to people in other areas of Westchester and the country. Um, but then, uh, strangely enough, I was presenting at a professional development um, at the end of last year, and in the room next door were those elementary school students. And they were talking about the impact that my students had on their experience. And again, I just think that this is something that should be happening not only between teachers in our district and that we have to make time for teachers to do this, but this time has to be made for our students to be able to do this and to communicate with one another and share and encourage change and encourage 100%, growth. 100%, Anthony. And again, that's how you build community, right? Like we are, we are big enough and diverse enough where kids should be our kids should be our high school kids our middle school kids should be going back to their elementary schools and giving back in any way they can or we should be creating projects that really benefit all that we all can learn from and isn't that the next generation of teachers too when we're doing that i mean that's that's just smart that's really what we should be doing and making an effort i hope that as um, our administration grows and changes, and as they implement new ideas, um, they're they're hearing um, this uh, that in our classrooms there is this untapped potential, and I hope they begin to use it and take advantage uh, of the power of not only our teachers, but our students. And And I like what you said about vertically building. Uh, uh, the, we need to really focus our professional development where we are building one experience on top of the next, and we're learning from what is happening in those experiences to really unleash the potential that is New Rochelle. Good. We're on the same page again, Anthony. I love it. So what is your three-word uh, wish for this school year? Well, Anthony, it's the hope I have every year. Um, peace, love, understanding. Because if you have those things, we can work. If we're constantly in strife, if we're constantly fighting, look, there needs to be disagreement and there needs to be pushback, but we've got to find some common ground and we have to work together. So that's why I think these podcasts are so important. I think we get to hear from lots of different people. And I don't know if your intent is to get kids involved in these or if it's just teachers, but um, I think we just need to hear from all parts of our community so that we really find some common ground and build on that. If we aren't working together, we are not working. So let's figure it out. And 
what a delightful way to end our discussion. That was lovely. You have been an amazing guest. Why don't you um, share one more time how people can get involved with the stock drive when it is, because it will definitely air before the beginning of that drive. The dates of the stock drive are October 1st to the 16th. Look for the boxes, um, you know, in early October in school buildings. And, you know, if you're a club advisor and you want to get your, your club involved, go for it. The more the merrier. So like Mary said, look for those boxes. This is an excellent way for us as teachers and as a community to set an example for our students, to get them involved in a really good cause, giving to others within the Westchester community. Um, And I want to thank Mary Breslin for all that she does. Um, Thank you for helping to come up with the name for this very podcast. And I hope to find you here next week for our next episode of Fuse Ignites. Thank you so much, Mary Breslin, and thank you all for listening.